You are listening to the Good Day Wellness Podcast, a podcast dedicated to boosting your mood. I am your host, Melissa Fideli, and I'm here to support you on the way to calming your mind and nourishing all aspects of your life. Together, we can bridge the connection between body and mind and make every day a good day. Hello everyone, I'm glad you're back here. Now today's episode is another topic that has been requested several times by many of you and it's all about caffeine, all about that morning cup of coffee. But before I get into the topic of the day, let me give you my mood boosting tip. Now, recently, if you follow me on socials, you would know all about it, but recently I was unwell, I had a cold, and it was not a good time. Um, But as I was kind of starting to get better, I went and tried salt therapy, which is also known as halotherapy. And oh my goodness, was it amazing. I loved it. So I went to this place in Adelaide called Smart Recovery and Wellness. And just to be clear, this is not sponsored. They did not ask me to do this. Um, I just found this treatment so helpful that I just had to get on here and share it because I think if it helped me so much, it can probably help others out there too. Now, I didn't even know salt therapy was a thing. I didn't know it even existed before I went and tried it. So it was a whole new experience for me. Um, but I think, you know, when you're down in the dumps a little bit and you're not feeling the best, you you are open to trying new things. So I gave it a go. Now, basically, you're in a room that is filtered and it kind of circulates micro particles of a particular type of salt around the room. So you inhale all these little salts and they all have these amazing benefits. Basically, for me, when I was in there, um, you sit in the room, there is salt on the floor, there's salt everywhere, and it looks like it's snowing. So it looks like there's snow everywhere, but it's actually salt. And you kind of sit in this and you inhale it and you breathe. And I sat in there for 45 minutes and you kind of just chill and relax. And I found that as I was sitting there, I was coughing a little bit and um, I was quite congested. So I had to continually blow my nose. I know that sounds gross, but I was obviously releasing a lot of mucus because what the salt particles do is they kind of go into your respiratory system and they break down Um, your mucus and they help you to release it. So it was amazing for cold and flu. But um, when I left, I wanted to do a little bit more research into it to discover if there was any benefits on your mood as well. Because honestly, after I did this, like the next day, I felt absolutely amazing, like better than I felt in a really long time. And I thought, okay, there must be something more to this treatment. Now, what I found was that it has so many benefits on boosting your mood, mostly because it is a really stress reducing practice that can really help to calm your mind and promote relaxation for better sleep, which is crucial when it comes to your mood. We all know, I've I've talked about it before, without good sleep, without feeling calm, you're not going to be in a happy way. You're not going to be, you know, have a boosted mood. So sleep is really crucial and this whole process can actually assist with that. So, you know, it was 
amazing. So, of course, you know, the major benefits are for respiratory issues, so cold and flu um, and muscle recovery as well. But there is just so many things. So I think, you know, if you have access to this where you are, um, go try it out. Because like I said, I didn't even know this kind of therapy existed before I did it. And it was incredible. And it's really got me now down this rabbit hole of looking more into minerals, looking more into salts, looking at those imbalances. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to um, add this therapy to my routine. I'm going to try and do it once a month. And I'm also going to start taking tissue salts more regularly. And I'm going to see if that has any benefits on my general health, mood and wellness. And I will report back. So I'll keep everyone posted. But I just felt like I needed to come on. I needed to share that as my mood boosting tip of the day. So if you want to try something new, if you're feeling unwell, you need to boost your mood, if you're feeling like you've got a cold or flu or you're congested, go give salt therapy a go. So there we go. There's my mood boosting tip. Now let's get into today's big topic, which is, of course, about coffee. Now, this is a controversial topic because I feel like regardless of what side of the fence you sit on, if you dig deep enough, there is compelling research for both ends to say it is either great for you or not so great. And I think, you know, you look on social media, you look at health experts, you've got one of them telling you it's amazing. You've got another one telling you it's not amazing. So, you know, I think no matter where you sit with coffee, there is a common ground and it's not all bad. And that's not what we're here to talk about today. But I just wanted to come on here and give my general opinion from my research, plus what I have experienced myself and what I have seen with my clients in clinic. So, you know, this is just, like I said, it's a very controversial topic, but this is my experience plus my clients, plus looking at the research in conjunction to your mood. So that's what we're looking at it for today. We're not looking at it for, you know, different types of health things. We're just looking at it from the perspective of mood, because this is, of course, the mood boosting podcast. We want to look at things that are going to promote it or affect it. Okay. So pretty much 90% of the population consume caffeine daily. This is generally through that beloved coffee in the morning, but also through things like soft drinks and energy drinks and chocolate as well. Now, for many of us, that first sip of coffee of the day, just thinking about it, makes me happy, (laughs) has become somewhat of a ritual in the morning. And we are consuming this within, you know, the first 15 to 30 minutes upon rising before doing or eating anything else. It has become part of our internal alarm clock. And until we have that coffee, we do really struggle to wake up because we are some way addicted to that morning coffee. And without it, we experience withdrawals like headaches and whatever else. Now, on today's episode, I'm going to discuss the connection between caffeine and anxiety and the impact that can have. I just want to reiterate that I do not think coffee is bad for you, and I myself love coffee. I have 
um, just one a day. So I've obviously had to adjust my intake to suit my mood and my anxiety levels. Um, But I'm going to break it all down for you and help you to understand how you can still have that beautiful daily cup of coffee without taking it too far and enjoying that moment. Okay. So Let's start by understanding what actually happens when we drink that first coffee coffee of the day. Basically, caffeine sends a message to your pituitary gland in your brain that it needs to alert the adrenal glands to make more stress hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol. When that adrenaline is released, you feel a sudden spike and surge in your energy levels. So in some way, the caffeine puts your body into like a fight or flight response, which is what makes you more alert. Of course, once you have this and you're in that state, feeling calm is not necessarily something that can just naturally happen until that caffeine kind of starts to leave your body. Now, mind you, that process in itself can take up to eight hours as caffeine has this thing called a half-life, which means that it kind of stays and circulates in your body for anywhere between five to eight hours, depending on the individual. Now, having caffeine on an empty stomach adds a whole other layer of issues to our list. Now, coffee is actually quite high on the acidic side. So when you have this on an empty stomach, it is probably going to spike those acidity levels in the gut, which can lead to worsening any already existing gastrointestinal issues. You know, that can be things like reflux, IBS, indigestion, bloating, all of those gut issues that are in some way common um, that coffee can actually be contributing to. And of course, it spikes your blood sugar levels first thing in the morning, usually resulting in, you know, letting that anxiety kick in and start those feelings of, you know, uneasy jitteriness that you can experience post-coffee. Now, it's crazy how much coffee can really interfere with your neurotransmitters, your stress hormones, (laughs) and your nutrient absorption in the body. Now, one small cup of coffee can lead to big disruptions in the body. This is where timing does come into play. And to get the most out of that delicious morning coffee, before having, you know, to experience all those hormonal issues, it's important to time it correctly, which we'll get into. Now, first things first, this is just straight up. If you can take anything from this episode, it is this point, but don't have your morning coffee on an empty stomach. Eat a nourishing breakfast before doing so. This is just really going to help regulate your blood sugar levels and provide essential nutrients for improved overall hormone health. So I guess a good way to think of it is a bit of a, think of it as a shield and you're giving your body what it needs to feel more balanced and stable. Now, timing really is everything, especially when you are an anxious person, you're quite a sensitive person. Start the day right and don't overdo it on caffeine. You know, how you start your day really, really you know, impacts the rest of how your day is going to flow. Now, I always say to my clients, no more than one coffee a day. 
Learn to enjoy the moment when you can have your coffee. Be present. It will make it so much more enjoyable and it will taste better. Trust me. When you know that you're only having one and not four or five a day, when it's more of a, when something becomes more of a luxury, it's just a better experience rather than knowing that I can have 10 of these a day if I wanted to. So it's really not that special. So, you know, make it a you know, a sacred moment in your morning where you enjoy the whole process of having a beautiful breakfast and then later on having a nice coffee. So this really comes down to the individual, of course, and learning to listen in to your body. All right. So that is my first tip. Like I said, if you can take anything from it, just don't drink your coffee on an empty stomach. It will make such a big difference for you and really help to level everything out and balance everything out when you do have it. Okay, now I want to talk about the connection between coffee and anxiety and why reducing your overall caffeine intake is so important for calming your anxiety levels. So first things first, coffee is a stimulant. It is a stimulating ingredient. It stimulates the body and it stimulates the nervous system, which can promote the release of neurotransmitters such as cortisol and adrenaline, which are your stress hormones. Now, this straightaway leads to those feelings of nervousness, stress, anxiety, jitteriness, and that overall feeling of restlessness in the body. This is why It is so important to take control and before reaching for that morning coffee, just check in with yourself. You know, if you wake up and you're feeling anxious already, or you know that you've got a really stressful day ahead, you've got this full on meeting and you know that you're already feeling on edge and as the day progresses, you're probably going to start feeling more and more stressed and anxious. Take control of that situation. And if you you know, can feel those levels of anxiety already really high in the morning, opt for something else, swap it out for something else. And I'll go through my swap shortly, but this is all about you taking control. Like if you're someone who, you know, some mornings, okay, I'll I'll just speak about my experience. Some mornings I will wake up and I would have a really crappy sleep. I'll be feeling really anxious because maybe I've got something stressful on during the day and I can just feel from the moment I wake up, I'm feeling anxious. On those days, I have had to, as much as I love coffee, as much as it's a part of my morning routine, I have had to learn that if I want to feel better today, if I want to feel good today, I need to look for another alternative. So I have made an effort to kind of just check in with myself quickly before turning on that coffee machine. And it really has made a huge impact on my anxiety levels and how I feel throughout the day. So I'm going to go through my favorite swaps shortly, just to give you all some other options of what you can have. Now, secondly, Caffeine actually blocks and inhibits adenosine, which is the neurotransmitter that builds up throughout the day and leaves us feeling tired, sleepy, and relaxed. So at the end of the day, we want to have higher levels of adenosine so we can have a restful night's sleep. But if you're drinking coffee all throughout the day, that production is going to be blocked. So your body is going to try and make this adenosine to kind of level out your 
um, you know, melatonin levels, all of those things get you feeling restful for the end of the day. But whilst you're having all that coffee, it's actually going to block that production. So when it does come to bedtime, you're going to find it a lot harder to actually have a restful night's sleep. Now, of course, that then leads to the disturbances of your sleep cycle, which means it will delay the onset of your restful sleep. And we all know that is the start of a very, very anxious cycle. Now, without sleep, our brain cannot function optimally and our anxiety levels are higher. Again, this is why I always say to my clients, no more coffee after 12 noon. So have your coffee before lunch as this will generally leave enough time for that process through your body, you know, for it to process through your body and not impact that adenosine production too intensely. So personally for me, um, I always have my coffee before 12 o'clock and if I get to 12 and I haven't had my coffee because I've been busy or doing other things, then I just miss out for the day. I know it's sad. It sucks, but I have a good sleep and that's all that matters. (laughs) Now, lastly, I spoke in one of my very first episodes about the connection between blood sugar levels and anxiety and how a constant inconsistency in your blood sugar levels can really impact and worsen your anxiety. Now, caffeine, it naturally spikes blood sugar levels, especially when you have it on an empty stomach, which leads to that super high spike in energy and then followed by a crash and then up again, which is going to lead to anxiety. So if you want to learn more about that blood sugar connection to anxiety, go listen to my first, very first episode where I kind of break it down a little bit more. Um, But yes, caffeine just naturally is going to spike your blood sugar levels. So again, that is why it is really, really important to make sure you are eating before having your coffee of the day, just to help level that out a little bit, just to reduce that spike as much as you can. Because if you've got those other nutrients and that foundation in your body already, it's not going to have such a dramatic impact. Okay. Now, The connection between coffee and anxiety is pretty clear. And if you are already a sensitive person, looking at ways to reduce that caffeine intake is crucial for calming your mind and boosting your mood. I personally have no more than one coffee a day. It'll be a small size. And if I do have it, it has to be before 12 noon and, um, you know, after a really nice balanced breakfast. I used to have coffee on an empty stomach and then I wouldn't eat until like later in the morning or until lunchtime until I realized how much that was contributing to my anxiety levels and those fluttery feelings in my chest were always there. And then I kind of made these adjustments and I have noticed the benefits from it. So I can now enjoy my morning coffee without the side effects and it is wonderful. (laughs) So I do just quickly want to touch on how caffeine can also increase inflammation in the body and mess up your hormones. So we've already kind of touched on that a little bit, but the reason that I want to mention this is because if you are someone who experiences period pain 
or issues around your menstrual menstrual cycle, such as low moods, really, you know, moody at that time, PMS, you may be contributing to this by consuming too much coffee. So you will be shocked at how much you can improve your menstrual cycle by reducing the amount of caffeine you have in your daily diet. As women, one of the biggest things we need to focus on for better cycles is reducing inflammation in the body. So starting by reducing your coffee intake is a really great place to start. Now, I say to clients who, you know, and to myself as well, I was someone who experienced um, quite high levels of period cramping and pain around my cycle. And it was getting to the point where I'm like, I can't do this forever. This is horrible. You know, for the first two, three days, I would just be feeling horrible, not being able to really go anywhere or do anything because I'd be in pain. Then I'd be taking a lot of neurofin and anti-inflammatory medication um, to help get rid of it. So I looked at a dietary approach and one of the things that I started started implementing was firstly reducing my coffee intake, not having coffee on an empty stomach and also not drinking coffee in the lead up to my period. So I'd kind of say, all right, I am about to get my period in three days. So I'm going to stop drinking coffee. I'm going to swap it out for something else. And honestly, that made a really, really big difference. So depending on where you are in your cycle, look at adjusting that to how much caffeine you're consuming around that cycle as well, especially if you're someone who experiences pain. Okay. So you're probably thinking, what the heck do I have instead of coffee. What am I going to drink now? Now, let me get this straight. I am not telling anyone to stop drinking coffee at all. I would never do that. And I would be very hypocritical to say that because I love my morning coffee. What I do suggest you do is reduce your intake to one a day. So on the days you wake up feeling super stressed and anxious, Those are the days I ask you to skip that morning coffee and look at other alternatives. Now, things like black tea and green tea, they contain caffeine. However, they also contain L-theanine, which is an amino acid, which can actually assist in buffering the negative effects of caffeine. So when you have it, you will still get that energy spike, but it won't necessarily cause the other known impacts of caffeine as theanine typically has more of a calming effect. So I guess it kind of like balances each other out. It's like the theanine and the the caffeine are kind of fighting with each other, but in a good way, that's going to benefit you. So a morning matcha latte is a great option, especially like I said, you know, that week leading into your period and while you're on your period, matcha is a really, really good option. It's high in antioxidant. It's got L theanine in it. It contains small amounts of caffeine. So you'll obviously still get that hit that you need as well as other benefits as well, other other nutrients, which are great for you. And like I just said, because of the amino acids and antioxidants, it won't leave you jittery and it won't leave you with those side effects you can get from a big glass of coffee. So matcha, you know, your black teas, your green teas, really, really good options. I've been loving um, having like a black tea with milk. It's been great. So that's something that I'll have, um, you know, if I'm feeling a little bit anxious in the morning and I want something other than coffee. Now on the mornings, I wake up feeling really anxious, like I've had a really bad sleep or maybe I'm, you know, I've just not 
had a good time. (laughs) I have a turmeric latte. So it's warm, it's anti-inflammatory, it's super calming because it doesn't contain any caffeine. And sometimes we get so used to the routine of having something warm in the morning that if you can find a proper replacement for that, it still allows you to enjoy that routine. So you won't necessarily get those withdrawals from the coffee. So um, I've actually filmed this recipe and it is on my Instagram. Um, If you scroll down in my reels, you'll see it. I've got my turmeric latte, my anti-inflammatory latte, um, and it's really, really great. Now, if you simply cannot go without your morning coffee at all, but you're trying your best to calm your super high levels of anxiety, try decaf. It doesn't contain even close to the same amount of caffeine that regular coffee does, and it still tastes good. So um, that's another option that you can try. Again, I keep saying this, and not just in this episode, but every single one that I have done, it comes down to you. It comes down to you learning to listen in to what your body needs, what it wants, and understanding how to make the right choices to support it. No one can really tell you what to do. And if you are convinced that you want to drink 10 coffees a day and it won't impact your anxiety, then nothing I say is going to stop you. But I challenge you to start listening in. Take notice of how you are feeling after that morning coffee and make an effort to try new things. There's no harm in trying something new. Sometimes we are so unaware and so stuck in the same patterns without even realizing it that we don't know any different. So why not give this chance a go and, you know, try something new. It could possibly be the piece of the puzzle that improves your health and boosts your mood. So, you know, try it out. Of course, I do just quickly want to say before wrapping up, coffee is not bad at all. Yes, it can cause some side effects depending on the person. And if you are an anxious person, it can contribute to that and make it worse. But I didn't create this episode to make coffee this bad thing. Um, that we shouldn't have. I'm just shedding light on the connections between caffeine and anxiety and how we can improve how we feel. Personally, I love coffee so much. I love the smell. I love the taste and the routine that comes with it. But I've also experienced a huge shift in my mood and my mental state when I changed the way I consumed it and how much I was having. So I hope that you can find some relief in that too and take on some tips that can help you on your journey to boosting your mood. That is what we are here for. Okay. Um, So like I said, don't have it on an empty stomach. Look at, you know, listening into your body. um, And there can be some really great benefits to reducing your caffeine intake to better your mood and to reduce your anxiety levels. Okay. So thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, if you have any feedback or you have a topic that you want me to discuss, send me a DM, go over to my business page at Good Day Wellness on Instagram and let's get chatting. Honestly, I've had so many amazing people send me through requests of topics they want to learn about, nutrition topics, health topics, wellness and mindfulness. And I've created episodes out of that because if you want to hear about something 
chances are there are lots of other people who want to hear about it too. So yeah, if you have any recommendations, come and send me a DM. Let's chat. Now, if you loved this episode, please go ahead and leave us a review, share it on your stories and show me some love. It means so much to me. That is all for today. I will see you back here next week for more mood boosting goodness. Sending so much love to you all. And don't forget, you have the power to boost your mood. It's all in your daily routines. So go make today a good day. Bye.